The Priestess and the Cauldron, a podcast featuring Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, two out-of-the-room-closet professional witches with over 70 years' combined experience of making magic. This is a show on the LMC Radio Network. During each show, Elvira and Phoenix will help you create rituals, make spells, make potions, and much more besides. They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix, take it away. Yo, wow. (laughs) And we're back. And we're back. For another week of fun. Yes. And frolic. Yes. So. Hey. Ah, yes, I know. It's kind of like I come here and I get a big sigh and I go, I'm here. I'm present. (laughs) The rest of the week has been turmoil, but here we are. (laughs) Right. We have this moment of calm. Yeah. Where we can expound and Run around. <laughs> it's sort of a Mercury retrograde, just a little, just a little, just a little. So, our question of the of the week: How was your week? Uh, it was pretty good. Uh, today was a little interesting, as I my daughter injured herself and during playing football in PE, which the, my first question was: You were playing in PE? Like I did everything I could to avoid having to actually participate. <laughs> In PE, because she hurt her finger, and uh-huh. she, I knew it was fine, but she was freaking out about it. So I took her to the doctor, and, and they, the doctor was, oh, it, it, we have some discoloration. I want to make sure there's no fracture. Mm-hmm. And this was at 3.30 today, mm-hmm. right? So 3.30 today, we get to her appointment. She sees the doctor. The doctor says we should get an X-ray to be safe. So we go, oh, thanks. Thankfully, it's Kaiser, so everything's in one place, right? right? So we go to the next building, and she gets the x-ray, and we go back to the first building, mm-hmm. and the doctor comes back and says, oh, nothing's broken. So, you know, $85 in co-pays, and an hour later, yeah, everything's fine. But at least it was only an hour. True. And I am very grateful that I have insurance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm grateful nothing's wrong with my kid. <laughs> right. There you are. <laughs> There's that. There's lots of gratitude here yeah, going yeah. on. So, you know, yeah. overall pretty good, just kind of weird. Yeah, definitely the Mercury retrograde. I, You know, no matter how often I live through Mercury retrogrades, it's yeah. never something that I, I've gotten older, I have less, like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Um, I should say, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Um, and <laughs> it's, easier to say. It's, it's easier to say it's shorter, yeah. right? But um, it's just glitches. It doesn't yeah. matter. And it, it, it keeps just sort of yeah. that, you know, you have to go, okay, and yeah. pay attention, do as much as you can, and realize you'll still have to clean up some stuff. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. So. Leanne and I spent an uh, interesting amount of time last night going through our astrology charts. Mm-hmm. And I discovered, because I'm still learning astrology. It's mm-hmm. fascinating and weird. It's mm-hmm. interesting. I had five planets in retrograde when I was born. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Mercury being one of them. Oh, sh- right? no kidding. Yeah. I've got a Mercury retrograde when I was born. Yeah. So All right. Like, so knock on wood. For the most part, I have little glitches. Yeah. I, I'm, and that's fine. 
Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to say more than that because I don't want to jinx anything. Well, of course. So anyway, how are you doing? Ah, well, let's see. Other than the fact that, you know, <laughs> recuperating from oral surgery is not like it was traumatically horrible and terrible, but the body actually, you know, when my husband was alive, he used to always get these intense experiences when he would either go to the dentist or anything, and he would come home, and he, you know, because he worked for himself, he would take the day off, and he'd lie down, and he just, you know, really just let it just be okay to lie there, and I actually understand the process, because for me, you know, he was a he was a nurse sign. I'm a fire sign. Hey, I'm watch a, it. Yep. Well, <laughs> it's okay. Torians, Virgos, you know, yeah, Capricorns. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was more. I'm just like, okay, just keep going, just keep going. You know, the ever ready bunny with the little drum down the road. And recently, I've found that not just age, but just the idea that you have to take it. Just yeah. be quiet. Yeah. Sit down. Be quiet. Let it be okay. Have a Come, minute. Have a minute. Yeah. And this particular experience has given me that uh, valuable uh, viewpoint mm-hmm. and allowed me to do that. Well, of course, there are little things that have happened, you know, that have created a necessity of quiet. But um, all in all, this week has been, you know, clients have been not as prolific, but then I think it's because we've really had tax time. Right. You know, that has really been a, an intensity because we had it on the weekend, and, of course, that rolls over into the week. Yes, it but, does. Um, Reality hits on Monday. Yeah, I know. Oh, my goodness. But, you know, and so I think now that my car has decided it needed a little bit of attention after my teeth did, I'm not bad, but, you know, I was telling Phoenix about the door handle. It's yeah. very funny. Car drama. Car drama. Very retrograde. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Basically it, you know, I had fun putting the the uh, altar together today for Inanna and Arishka Gale and running around finding things and looking under, you know, places and whatever. Mm-hmm. So that kind of got me in the mood of what we're doing. And uh, I don't know, really, just that's an excellent segue to what we're doing. Yes, it is. <laughs> what are we doing? Or today we're talking about Inanna. And Arishka Gale. Right. And Anki and... A few others. A few other players. But yes. it's hard to talk about Inanna and not mention her sister. Well, yeah. Well, it's the light and the dark. Right. You know, twins. Yeah. Must have been Gemini. Maybe. Yeah. Well, she's a, the connected to the planet Venus. Yes. So maybe not. Maybe. Maybe a Libra. That's a possibility. The scale. Scales. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and now that we've bantered sufficiently with this, we have... Um, I am assuming here that we have something we're going to read. Sure, yeah. I think that, you know, might be a excitement. So I have a few uh, books that I, I often use when I work with Anana, and I feel like Anana's story, and it's, you know, a lot of folks are familiar with Anana and her descent, mm-hmm. descent to the underworld where she meets Arushka Gil, her sister. But there is so much more mm-hmm. to her story than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she is the ultimate goddess of the rite of passage, mm-hmm. you know. So I feel like her information and the way that her story is told and the pieces of her story are so beneficial during any rite of passage. And all of us are going through rites of passage all the time mm-hmm. in one way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and that's what I really love about Inanna mm-hmm. specifically and connecting to her energy. Right. So there are two books that I use a lot in reference, and we're going to return to them a few times on the show tonight. But the the first one is called Inanna, Lady of the Largest Heart. And it is by uh, Betty Deshong Medor, but it is actually written by Enheduanna. Hmm. And Enheduanna is a priestess of Inanna from 2,000 years ago. Ooh. She was a female poet, a female priestess who uh-huh. wrote poetry in devotion to this goddess, uh-huh. and it still exists. Oh, my goodness. Oh, 6,000. We have a studio audience today, BT yes. Dubs. Yes, we do. Yeah. Uh, Hi. Hi. Alma and Guian are both here, and Guian just corrected my math. 6,000 years old. <laughs> so, <laughs> so here is a piece of Edhuana's poetry to Inanna. Inanna, godly maiden, ripened on earth, you arrive. Your spread out arms wide as the sun king. When you wear fearsome dread in heaven, crystal brilliance on earth. When you unfold from the mountains your woven net of blue lapis cord. When you bathe in clear mountain streams, you, mountain-born, in a crystal pure palace. When you wear the robes of the old, old gods. When you slice heads like a scythe cuts wings. Then the black-headed praise you with song. The Sumerians sing in one voice. Everyone sings sweetly a joy song. Queen of battle, the moon god's oldest child, maiden Inanna, I worship you. This is my song. Beautiful. Yeah. Yes. Ah. Inanna, <laughs> definitely. Well, you know, I know that um, you do your monthly goddess yeah. well, evenings, and I know that you probably... I've uh, done a lot of research on her. Yes. Yes, you have. And um, and I started, and I mean, I know the, the descent. I know yeah. the descent, and that has been used in um, circles and, mm-hmm. you know, different kinds of it's things. It's a great. It's a beautiful experience. Yeah. But there is the truth that, you know, she is the goddess of heaven and the stars. Mm-hmm. She is, you know, fertility. She is love. She is these different things that yeah. she is a part of that we and cunning and actually you know her story about uh gaining the items for hey. yes <laughs> for the things that come for the humans it's amazing it's you know it shows a great deal of intelligence and and brightness right so and this is Sumeria so this is you know the crest the fertile crescent we're right. back you know in what would have been Iraq yes Right, and that's one of the things uh, when I do talk about Inanna or when I've done goddess gatherings where Inanna's been the featured goddess or even when I've done other workshops where we use Mm -hmm. Inanna's myth as sort of our our map. Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel like this goddess at this time probably more than any other needs to be remembered and Mm -hmm. honored because that's the area of the world that needs the goddess the most. Oh, so true. So true. And this is where she was born, and she's one of the oldest goddesses that we still have record of. Mm-hmm. It just breaks my heart to think that her, the descendants of her originators, the descendants of her people, those who first worshipped her, mm-hmm. are so lost mm-hmm. from 
connecting with her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it just is such a bummer. So I f- that's why I feel like her story is one of the most important goddesses to share. And interesting is again we're part of the process. Whether we, whatever story, whatever myth uh, that we choose to utilize of her uh, descent mm-hmm. is this is spring. Right. It is the the blossoming, the the coming to life again. And if we look at it even as a bigger metaphor, mm-hmm. is that it is the coming to life of that region and the peoples, mm-hmm. as well as all of the other cultures that sprang from that. Right. And seeing where we are and where we've been lost into. Yeah. And coming. Yeah. Rising, moving forward. Yeah. yeah, and the timing is great, too. Uh, according to record, the folks who would have worshipped Inanna Spring Equinox would have been their new year. Right. So we're right on the heels of the Spring Equinox, mm-hmm. so we're still sort of in that, that energetic, mm-hmm. right? We're pre- getting pretty close to Beltane, but we still, you know, have yeah. enough Spring Equinoxy energy around that it fits. It fits the, the area and the energy, and... Um, and with that, I mean, we can we can decide on how we want to proceed. Do we want to talk about her bringing the different gifts to you know humans? Yeah. Well, let well, let's start at the beginning. Start at the beginning. Okay. And, <laughs> and so let me refer to this other book. Okay. Just for a moment. There's a book called Inanna, Queen of Heaven and Earth, uh, written by Daniel. Diane Wolkstein, and this is a combination of spirituality and history. Mm-hmm. Um, it is basically the working together of two people, one who's a folklorist, mm-hmm. sort of a woo, mm-hmm. and one who's definitely more of a traditional historian. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, and Anana, her stories were written in cuneiform. They can still be seen. They can still be visited. Uh, so the some of the bits of the story that we might read tonight, mm-hmm. this is not made up by someone. This right. Is, well, it is, but it's from you know <laughs> BC era. Right. Was made up by. Someone. Right. It's not more modern version. This isn't modern paganism. Mm-hmm. Inanna. This is ancient Inanna. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to read a tiny little bit. Okay. In the first days, in the very first days, in the first nights, in the very first nights, in the first years, in the very first years. In the first days when everything needed was brought into being, in the first days when everything needed was properly nourished, Mm. when bread was baked in the shrines of the land and bread was tasted in the homes of the land, when heaven had moved away from earth and earth had separated from heaven, and the name of man was fixed, when the sky god An had carried off the heavens and the air god Enlil had carried off the earth, when the queen of the great below Areshkigal was given the underworld for her domain. And there the world began. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning of Inanna's tale, there is this tree, and we probably we can't talk about all of the tiny aspects of the story because there's so much stuff right. in every little bit, but there's this tree, and it's clear to her that this tree is important, and she mm-hmm. wants to do. She wants to make her throne from this mm-hmm. tree. She wants to make her marriage bed from this tree. Mm-hmm. But she can't do it alone, and so she invests the help of Enlil, the sky god, mm-hmm. uh, and she calls upon all kinds of. She's some in some of the Inanna stories. She's a little bit whiny. 
like a little bit petulant. Mm-hmm. Like I want it and I want it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this, my uncle won't help me, so I'm going to go ask my other uncle. And that uncle won't help me, so I'm going to go ask this other person. Like she's very um, pushy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, right. Yeah. And and all of her stories show her becoming more and more goddess. Mm-hmm. Right? She starts as the young maiden and she wants her throne. And she wants her marriage bed because mm-hmm. you have to have a partner mm-hmm. in order to step into queenhood, right? Mm-hmm. So she makes those things happen. This beautiful hulupu tree becomes her bed and becomes her throne. Then she goes after wisdom. Right. Right? Right. Yes. And she, uh, do you want to tell that story? Oh, well, basically, <laughs> <laughs> wow, throw it at me. Um, well, she she decides to go to her father's palace and Enki, and she uh, decides that they are going to uh, have a feast. They're going to eat. They're going to drink. And she basically gets him drunk Mm -hmm. to the point where he is, you know, he loves her so much, and he wants her to be happy, and he says, what do you want, you know, and then when she jumps on what she wants, and she wants the tablets of destiny, and she wants all these very special, mm-hmm. sacred, powerful items, she gets like, what, I think about 100 or 50 or 100 of these, and she takes more than that, or more, because I know some one of the tales says over 100, so we'll throw in whatever, and she gets her boat up there, and she, she puts everything in, mm-hmm. and she takes off, and she goes back to her land, well, of course, Enki wakes up the next day and huge hangover and definitely has, uh oh, you know, like, <laughs> oh, shit, you know. And, of course, he still doesn't feel very well, so he can't go mount any kind of a retrieval process because <laughs> he ain't feeling good. And so by that time, of course, she has proceeded to go ahead and start disseminating these things and helping humans, which is the whole point here, because... Enki thought humans were pretty sub-level, right. you know, and not yeah. to be really dealt with other than, like, you know, little children or things that don't need that. Right. So um, I found it interesting because I was thinking, you know, all of our different myths have one deity, male or female, that chooses to help humans right. to bring them forward rather than keep them in the dark. And um, this is a very powerful woman. She's a powerful goddess, female, and she uses her smarts Mm -hmm. to um, not necessarily her total, you know, like frivolous attitude, but she just utilizes the same kind of energy that male energy would do to get what they want. And we're talking about a society... Well, we don't have any real concept of how their society ran. We can pretend that we know, mm-hmm. but it's likely that it was much different mm-hmm. than what our, you know, sort of modern. There wasn't a matriarchal necessarily. It wasn't patriarchal. Mm-hmm. It was more egalitarian. Mm-hmm. We think. Mm-hmm. We don't know for sure. Right. But we think. And so again, you know, we've talked about this before. Every time we bring up a goddess, there is a moment where there is a sweep. And you can see the sky gods mm-hmm. come, and then patriarchy is a little bit more implanted. Mm-hmm. Here we have this very opposite right. tale where the sky god has the power, the god of wisdom, Anki, has the power, and we have this earth goddess come mm-hmm. and take it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's different. 
Right. Yeah. And and obviously there is so much of the you know. And here's the thing, Daddy's little girl. Right. You know, I mean, let's get, have a drink. It'll be fun. Oh uh, yeah. And then suddenly she turned the table. Right. And I think that that's a, a again. Don't underestimate the female. Right. Right. Whether it's a goddess or not. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and we're referring to this. This is the wisdom. She takes the wisdom mm-hmm. or, or the, the tablets. The tablets, right, from her father. And there, I looked it up. Mm-hmm. There's 14 of them. Hmm. But within each tablet or which within, it's called the May, and it's spelled M-E. Mm-hmm. But within each one, there's anywhere from four to six things, mm-hmm. right? So some of them, just for context, um, the divine queen priestess, the truth, the black garment, the colorful garment, the art of lovemaking, the art of forthright speech, mm-hmm. the art of song, the art of treasury, travel. All mm-hmm. of those, get this and this, I'm just skipping around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So these are all of these things that she, he gives to her. Right. And she accepts them. And then when... She gives. She turns around and escapes while he's while he's passed out. Passed out. And then she literally unloads her boat and mm-hmm. gives them to the people. Mm-hmm. Here you go, people. Now you have the craft of the smith and the craft of the builder and the sheepfold and kindling of fire. Mm-hmm. Right. And Nana brought these things to humanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I know. I know. You know. It also reminds me of Isis. Yeah. And Ra. Right. Yeah, Ra didn't like us either. And that's another Father Sky God. Father Sky God also within that particular Mediterranean slash, you know, Sumerian fertile process. process. So, um, and it's interesting as a sidebar what's happening there now and how that energy is um, the pot stirring again with the hostility being brought up again. Right. And brought to the surface. Right. So, but back to Inanna. Yes. So then she gains the wisdom, Mm -hmm. but then she realizes, I have to get married now in order to really step into being queen. Right. And so she, Inanna's story, the story of Inanna and Demuzi, who becomes her consort, is very hot. Mm -hmm. And the writings on it in the cuneiform tablets are very sexy. Mm. There's all kinds of naughty language in it. But what is so great is she's she again she's kind of pouty. Mm-hmm. Like, I need to get married. Mm. You know, there's like mm-hmm. a little kind of brattiness here to her. Mm-hmm. And someone says, "Well, how about the shepherd?" And she goes, "Ew, the shepherd, gross." You know, like <laughs> she's very not into it. Actually, what she says is, "The shepherd, I will not marry the shepherd. His clothes are coarse." His wool is rough. I will marry the farmer. The farmer knows how to grow flax and grow barley for my table. Mm-hmm. Right? So there's this whole back and forth between uh, why the shepherd isn't good enough. Mm-hmm. And then Demuzi, the shepherd, woos her. Mm-hmm. And he uses all kinds of sexy language. Mm-hmm. And he describes all of the naughty things he's do to her. Mm-hmm. And he wins her over. Mm-hmm. And they end up getting married. And they go to the bed that is made from the hulupu tree from mm-hmm. the beginning of her tale. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend reading it. Definitely at this time, because as we said, Beltane's coming around. That's right. They're good. <laughs> and actually, Anana and Demuzi are a great... If you're looking for a very heteronormative pair, mm-hmm. they're a great one. Right. 
Truly, truly. <laughs> and it's interesting because if you're looking at the um, the agrarian versus the uh, shepherd mm-hmm. process, you're looking at the changing of the culture, right? So it's not just a tail unto itself. It is a mirror of what is happening in civilization. Right, right. and you look at who who is higher in the socioeconomic ladder. Mm-hmm. Farmer is higher than shepherd. Right, right. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so it kind of, it's very uh, obvious that these are ways to describe the culture that comes, the civilization that grows, right? along with, obviously, our spiritual aspects of our, you know, deities. Right. And there is this uh, sacred marriage, which, Mm -hmm. if you've done any study into witchcraft or Wicca, the sacred marriage is this joining of of the the masculine and feminine, these sort Mm -hmm. of polarities, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And Inanna and Demuzi very much represent those polarities coming together. Right. Sacred marriage. The hierogamous? Is that what it is? Hyros. Yes. Yeah. Can I read a little bit? Certainly. Okay. Oh, I want more. I'm gonna. I'm gonna read some of the the the, the naughty part. Oh God. <laughs> I'm glad I'm down at the other end with a glass of water. <laughs> Just short. Yeah. Uh, so here, Inanna speaks. As for me, Inanna, who will plow my vulva? Who will plow my high field? Who will plow my wet ground? As for me, the young woman, who will plow my vulva? Who will station the ox there? Who will plow my vulva? And Demuzi replied, Great lady, the king will plow your vulva. I, Demuzi, the king, will plow your vulva. And Amnana replies, Then plow my vulva, man of my heart. Plow my vulva. (laughs) She don't mess around. I love it. (laughs) Interesting. Uh, And truthfully, that is is a... uh, they are very sexy. Yes. 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 So she's gone from maiden. Yes, maiden. Then she is at queen, which represents not quite mother yet. Right. But she is at that point where she goes to love her. Right. And then she is the mother of the humans. Yes. And, and her and Demuzi do have children, mm-hmm. but they, uh, at least in this specific um Telling of Inanna and, and, and some of the information that we have, it's not this big thing. Mm-hmm. Her becoming a mother in that way is not. It's not huge part of right. the process. But right. It's just. It's a byproduct. <laughs> but you see, interesting, isn't that again? Yeah. As a culture. Yeah. Later, the concept of becoming mother. Right. Becomes much more important. Yes. And that I think changes the way you you vision and see yourself right. as a representative of that uh, feminine energy is right. that it becomes, well, I have to mother something. Yeah. Dogs, cats, humans, culture, you know, right. whatever. And this yeah. gives it a more, well, yeah, it happens, kind of a point sure. of reference. Well, and she's not Inanna, mother of heaven and earth. She's Inanna, queen, queen of heaven and earth. Right. Right. Which has doesn't require that mother be put in there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, again, we have that wonderful experience of seeing how cultures are manipulated as they go down the road. Yeah. So so now we have Demuzi, we have family, we got Mm -hmm. bed, we got throne, we got all of that. 
What's your next step? Then Inanna feels a a longing. Mm-hmm. She has this this pit. There's still something more that she must do, right? Mm-hmm. Should I read a little bit here? Sure. Good. Yeah. From the great above, she opened her ear to the great below. From the great above, the goddess opened her ear to the great below. From the great above, Inanna opened her ear to the great below. My lady abandoned heaven and earth to descend to the underworld. Inanna abandoned heaven and earth to descend to the underworld. She abandoned her office of holy priestess to descend to the underworld. Mm. So guess what she does? She descends to the underworld? <laughs> she, uh, let me think. No, yeah, she does. She has to. She does. Yeah, that has and to be it. In the beginning, in so, the earlier reading of the beginning of the earth, mm-hmm. there is a mention of Ereshkigal, and Ereshkigal is an older goddess than Inanna, mm-hmm. and very much like um, other traditions, really, the Greeks and the Norse, the, the old gods split up. Mm-hmm. The realms, mm-hmm. you get the sky, I'll take the earth, and then we'll give so-and-so the underworld. Right. And it's always so-and-so will get the underworld. Right. It's never, I'll take the underworld, you know what I mean? Yeah. And and often that deity has kind of some sensitive feelings about being regulated to the underworld. And so here we have a Reshkigal, this dark goddess, mm-hmm. who has a really hard job mm-hmm. of birthing all the dead souls into the underworld. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and Inanna realizes that her her next step in her power, mm-hmm. her next step in her rite of passage is to face that that goddess in the underworld. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's, I think what we'll do is after the break, we'll do Arishkigil, but I and the descent. But it is interesting that when you think about it, we... <clears throat> We live our lives, we're young, we're, for, you know, we do all this wonderful stuff, then we decide we've got to, you know, there's a mark we have to make, so we get a little more serious, whether it's mm-hmm. following a cultural tradition of marriage and kids, or it's following um, a career or something where we're serious about something, we gain our throne. Yeah. We then obviously want the, the marriage bed or the sexual uh, gratification, but there is the second part of it is what next? And if you want to call it a midlife crisis, it's the what next. After you've done these particular things, it's a deeper, more internal situation. And I think a lot of seekers in modern witchcraft and paganism are also looking at how to become a better human being, how to Mm -hmm. find wholeness. And and one of the steps to that is to deal with our shadow, to deal with those parts of ourselves that are not always happy and beautiful and mm-hmm. easy mm-hmm. and and facing that and dealing with it and understanding it and you don't I'm, I'm going to use air quotes you don't heal that because no. it's it, it is you need your shadow right right it's an important part of yourself but understanding it and connecting it and working with it as an ally and a part of you mm-hmm. helps you to become a more full human being right and this is what we see with Inanna stepping into the underworld to mm-hmm. face the scariest and hardest part you know, and I, yeah, I think after we'll tell the we'll tell the, the other part of the story, and that puts us with Orishka Gill and just break now. Okay, break. Right. Right. See you in a bit. Okay. You're 
listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Stay tuned, as more magic is coming your way right after these messages. Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rework Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ali, Sundays 3 to 4.30, Candelo's Corner with Candelo Camisa and Michael Carell, Mondays 5 to 7, The Crystal Silas League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays 5 to 6, In the Streets with Beverly Smith, Tuesdays 6 to 7, Bid and Foxy with Madame Naya and Jaya Danya, Wednesdays 6 to 7, The Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, Thursday 6 to 7.30, the Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Friday 6 to 7, and Liquid Libations with Andrea Western, Saturdays 5 to 7. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curie Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. We're back again. Yes. Okay. Return from the underworld. From, to, from the underworld with our precious gems of knowledge, <laughs> which we uh. have gleaned. So. Before we actually um, descend, uh, do we want to say some of the things that are like symbols or sacred to Inanna? Because part of that is actually, I believe, what is going to take place in the underworld Mm -hmm. as well as she goes down to the underworld. Totally. So um, you did mention the sacred tree. The Hulupu tree. The Hulupu tree. And it's interesting that they call this their seven symbols, seven sacred symbols. Mm-hmm. And it's, they talk about it, and then they say, but actually it's just the number seven. But mm-hmm. the items are the hulupa tree, and then they talk about the desert crown. And I'm going to mess this up. They have a name for it, shigura, mm-hmm. and then measuring instruments, and two necklaces, one long, one short, and a magical breastplate, yes. golden ring or bracelet, robe of heaven. Robe of heaven. Doesn't that sound amazing? I know. I just keep thinking of that going, I want the robe. Forget the oh, other no, stuff. I want the robe of heaven. It makes me th- this is ridiculous. It makes me think of the invisibility cloak from Harry Potter. Hey, I got that one. That's cool. <laughs> I, I go with that one. Yes, yes. <laughs> And, you know, of course, she had seven sacred cities and seven temples of the seven, you know. So seven obviously was very important to her, along with the star. Yes. Right? And so I think those particular items are part of her, part of her sacred symbols and emblems. Right. She's also um, connected to the hook, twisted knot of reeds. Yes. Which is a symbol you see often in... Assyrian and Babylonian mm-hmm. artwork mm-hmm. connected to her. She, she is the evening star and the morning star, which is actually the planet Venus. Right. Right. And there is this concept of the boat of heaven. Mm-hmm. The, the Inanna rides the boat of heaven across the sky, and you can only see her in the morning and the evening. Right. 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 Um, she's also connected to war. I know. Which doesn't come up in this specific cuneiform i'm i'm sure it is existing somewhere but um so there is a scythe uh, not mm-hmm. a scythe a scimitar scimitar blade yeah that is connected to her as well mhm mhm yeah well she definitely is and she's very powerful as you say so her craft the things that she is um 
the goddess of, so to speak. When you look at war, you look at the power. She is strength. She is power. Yeah. And, you know, you know the dark side of love is war. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, we've talked about the beginning of Demuzi and Inanna's love story. It doesn't end well. No, it doesn't. And we may or may not have time to dig into all of that. But, you know, and, and, and as I've mentioned a couple of times, and the way you can read some of her tale, she's not this regal, benevolent, all-understanding and knowing goddess. Mm-hmm. She has these foibles. She oh, yeah. is a little bit impetuous. She's mm-hmm. a little bit spoiled. Yep. And she makes some choices about Demuzi and how – uh, she makes some trades that are kind of mm-hmm. harsh, mm-hmm. and in some of the tales, her uh, Gilgamesh is one of her uncles. Right. And Gilgamesh talks about how she's had trouble with lovers in the past in mm-hmm. her, her story. So this isn't <laughs> some perfect ideal. This is no someone who can show us mistakes, and maybe we can avoid making them. Right. <laughs> and you know, when you talk about some of the ways they talk about her <clears throat> as being petulant. Yeah. I mean, I want it, I want it now concept. It's mine and I should have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we certainly keep that alive in our own personal lives. Yeah. You know, and, and just because we may be in our 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, that behavior is part of that petulance right. that we need to monitor yeah. with the underworld process. Well, and, uh, you know, the other thing I want to add and sure we at least mention, because mm-hmm. we could do a whole conversation just on this topic, but she she does have these personality traits. She does have these ways of not being angelic and perfect. And, you know, we, we have this Judeo-Christian overlay mm-hmm. on our filters. And, right. You know, I, like I've said before, I was not raised Christian, so... I still have those filters because, because we associate of our culture, right? Right. So we often think of of gods because of these filters as these generous, you know, perfect beings that float on clouds, and that's just really not true. They're mm-hmm. much more whole and complicated. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know, we talked about the the love story of Demuzi and Inanna. Well, a lot of that is about sex. It's not just this ridiculous romantic ideal. It's about the sex part of it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the of the shrines and of the priestesses who were dedicated to Inanna were sacred prostitutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this, you know, in our current culture, that seems very scandalous. Right. Because, again, we're talking about a culture that is lost. Right. <laughs> that we can't understand, that we can't see without our mm-hmm. filters, because mm-hmm. that's just how it is, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But understanding that there is this, there is much more to it mm-hmm. than this perfect being floating on a cloud. Right. You know. And it goes to the it goes to our biology mm-hmm. and our our desires and yet it does not de- denigrate right. those desires. They are there. Right. That's it. They're there. So she has this wonderful relationship with Demuzi, and she has this great experience of marriage and all this wonderful thing. And then we decide, she decides there's something not right. And so she takes off, leaving her her kingdom, you know, with her, you know, consort. consort. And, yeah, she has her second in command who is like her, you know, uh, he was it Ning um, Ninshaber. Ninshaber. Yeah. And Ninshaber is 
she's often referred to as her handmaiden, but their relationship is much more intimate than mm-hmm. just a, a slave or a, mm-hmm. a servant. Mm-hmm. Ninjaber is her beloved. Right. And they have a, they're like besties, mm-hmm. you know? So she, when Inanna goes to the underworld, she leaves Demuzi in charge of the kingdom, but she leaves Ninjaber in charge of her Just safety. That's exactly it. Yeah. So with that, we now go to the descent yes. into into that. And, of course, yes. I would, are there any writings that you wish to read about yeah. the descent? Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm still back with the sex and the <laughs> Sorry. Plow my vulva. Okay. So... Inanna decides. She turns her ear to the great below, and she realizes, I need to go down to the underworld. I need to see Ereshkigal, and I don't have any idea why. But she knows it's dangerous, uh-huh. and she goes to her uncles, and she says, please, if I don't return, I need you to, I need you to help me. And they're like, yeah, good luck with that. So she says to Ninshaber, her beloved, okay, I'm doing this thing. If I don't return in this amount of time, I need you to raise ruckus. Mm-hmm. Cause holy hell until someone helps. Mm-hmm. Ninshaber, of course, is dedicated to right. making sure it's all okay. Right. So Inanna goes to the gates of the underworld and she knocks loudly. And this is not good imagery here, but every time I tell this tale, I picture arriving at the Emerald City <laughs> and knocking on the gates and the little dude pops out. That's what I always picture. Yeah. Terrible. I know. That's where I go. It's okay. I think so, it's cute. She says, open the door, gatekeeper, alone I will enter. And Neti, the, the chief gatekeeper of oh. the underworld, asks who she is. And she says, I am Anana, queen of heaven, on my way to the east. Mm-hmm. And they have this whole conversation. She has to prove who she is. And she says, go and tell Arashkagel I'm here. And Arashkagel is like, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, she needs to take off all of that stuff that she thinks is so important. And then we'll see how I feel when she gets here. Mm-hmm. So Inanna, there's seven gates to get to the underworld, and she gets to one gate, and she has to give up the shigura, the crown, and she gets to the next gate, and she has to give up her small lapis beads, and all of these things that we talked at Elvira talked about just a moment ago. Each gate she uh-huh. has to give up, give up, give uh-huh. up, give up until uh-huh. she gets to the underworld to Ereshkigal. Uh-huh. Uh, and every time she says, why, why do I have to do this? What, what is this for? Why? And they say, hush, quiet, Inanna. The ways of the underworld are perfect. They may not be questioned. Mm-hmm. And she just keeps going. She, she does everything they ask. She removes her robe. Mm-hmm. And finally, naked and bowed low, Inanna entered the throne room. Areshkigal rose from her throne. Inanna started towards the throne. The judges of the underworld surrounded her, and they passed judgment on her. Then Ereshkigal fastened on Inanna the eye of death. They spoke against her the word of wrath. She uttered against her the cry of guilt. She struck her. Inanna was turned into a corpse, a piece of rotting meat, and was hung from a hook on the wall. Well, so she faces her dark sister, and her dark sister says, you can't be here if you're not dead. And so you die. And she dies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So three days and three nights she hangs on this hook, and Nish- Ninshaber, her beloved, starts to freak out. Yeah, <laughs> I would. Crap. <laughs> Inanna's not back. And so she goes to Enlil and says, please, please, don't let your daughter die. And she rips her clothes and pulls her hair and screams and cries and causes a big fuss. 
And she said, yeah, sorry. She wanted to go down there. I told her not to. So Ninshaber goes to another temple and to cries and says, please, please, don't let Inanna die. And, they, and Nana, another mm-hmm. god, says, yeah, I warned her. Sucks to be her. Mm-hmm. Kind of screwed. Mm-hmm. Finally, she goes to the temple of Enki. And mm-hmm. Enki, remember, is who she got the, the may, the wisdom from. And she says, please, please. And she gnashes her teeth and rips her hair and is very dramatic and causes a fuss. So Enki pulls out some dirt mm. from underneath his fingernails. Yeah. And he creates the Kagura. And these are creatures who are gender fluid. They are neither male nor female. Mm-hmm. They're tiny little creatures that can fly. The Kagura and the Galatur. And he says, fly down to the underworld. Here is the water of life. Go and find Inanna. Mm-hmm. So they go. And they fly down, and because they're very small, they're able to sneak down under the gates, so no one notices them, and they make it to Ereshkigal, mm-hmm. and Ereshkigal is crying. She's birthing constantly the mm-hmm. souls of the dead, mm-hmm. and she cries, oh, my insides, and these two creatures, the Kagura and the Galator, they pet her. Mm-hmm. They say, oh, your insides, and they offer her sympathy and empathy, mm-hmm. and she goes, oh, my outsides, and they repeat oh, you're outside, and they pet mm-hmm. her, and they try to offer her comfort. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time ever that a Reshkigel has been given any type of comfort, mm-hmm. any type of understanding. Mm-hmm. And she says, you have been so kind to me. I will give you something. What would you like? And they say, oh, you see that corpse over there? We'll take that. <laughs> and she goes, that old thing? <laughs> really, what do you guys want? And they say, no, no, really. We'll just take the corpse that belongs mm-hmm. to Inanna. Mm-hmm. So they do. She gives them the corpse. They give her the water of life, and Inanna returns. But you see, no one escapes the underworld. Mm-hmm. A life for a life. Right. You don't get away for free. So there is much more calamity. Uh, but Inanna okay. leaves all the trappings behind. She's not collecting things as she goes. Mm-hmm. She's not taking her necklace back and her mm-hmm. crown back. She's had to give those things up to really discover herself. Right. And there's this interesting thing of hanging for three days and three nights, three magical number. Right. Jesus was in the cave for three days. There's a whole thing. Isn't, um, didn't Odin hang from, was it? Nine. Nine. Oh, he did nine. Three times three. There you go. There's a whole thing about three. Mm -hmm. So, you know. Yep. Yeah. So we have that then when she comes back. Yes. What she finds is very upsetting. Yes. yes. You know, life just didn't stay still. No. Demuzi did not wait as the devoted spouse. Nope. He he was busy moving on. Yep. <laughs> moving on, moving up. Sounds like the Jeffersons. Yeah. Um, but actually, he did what, again, the side of the male energy mm. That eventually is a precursor to what happens, but not yet. He takes over the, the throne, and yep. he basically makes Mary and does yep. all kinds of stuff. And yep. she comes back, yeah. and she's pissed. She's pissed. And, I, you know, it's one thing to, okay, well, my, my, the queen is gone. I'm going to take care of shit. You know, that's one thing. It's uh-huh. another thing to, I, I don't know why I picture this. This myth always puts the weirdest pictures in my head. <laughs> it's another thing to be sitting on the throne with a bunch of, of 
dancers and bikini-clad women right. do and whooping it up. Like right. a whole other thing. Right, right. Nana comes back and finds not only did he take over all of the rulership, which was kind of needed, like that's that's your bad, Anna. Yeah, yeah. But he's completely forgotten her is what she feels. Yes. And so she goes into a vengeful place. Mm-hmm. Because remember, you can't leave the underworld. There was a, a, a life for a life. Right. So she volunteers to Muzi. <laughs> That's the way to go. Yeah. She's like, all right, underworld people. See that dude right there? He's the life for the life. He'll take my spot. Mm-hmm. But there must have been some negotiation because he didn't go down there and stay forever. No. Well, he runs and runs and hides, and he has a sister. Mm-hmm. And his sister, uh, the, you know, clearly these people were very dedicated to each other because his sister freaks out and w- refuses to let them take Demuzi. She volunteers to go in his place. Mm-hmm. And so they end up doing Geshtanana. Yes, that's the sister. Geshtanana. Right. So they end up striking a deal. Mm-hmm. And Geshtanana spends half of the year in the underworld, and Demuzi spends half of the year in the underworld. Wow. Heard that one before, right? Yep. think there's something there, but it's usually, again, it's a female, but this time it's a male. Right. The vegetation god. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we get him back. We go through it. He becomes a sacrificial god. Yeah. He goes away, you know, yeah. back and forth. So... Yes, and at least in this tale, in this version, we don't find out what happens with Inanna and Demuzi after that. Right. Do they mend the fence or what? Good point. But also, the thing I like to point out when I work this myth, mm-hmm. in a, like a weekend I've, I've worked this, this story, mm-hmm. time doesn't work the same way as we think it does. It's not linear, you know? Ah. So Inanna is in the underworld and making love to Demuzi at the same time. Of course. Right? So they are together and they are apart and both are happening at the same time. Right. Yeah. Because that's, and that's the one thing that as humans we have not truly understood. Yeah. Is the linear time construct is only an illusion. Right. So, but it's also... Again, she has learned, Inanna has learned through this deep loss mm-hmm. a great deal of going in and, you know, what, just like it mirrors the losses that we have. Right. And what that creates is is letting go. Just like you said, she didn't take back her things. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and she let it go. It is also recognizing that the... The trappings of those things are just that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The the necklace and the breastplate and the crown and, and robe, none of that actually gave her any power. Right. Those were just trappings. They were just the externals. Yeah. What is really is the inside. And the inside, yeah. of course, is when you go deep into something. And it's what we can use for individuals in our lives, in our personal lives, as well as, you know, clients mm-hmm. or, or friends or family. is It's about loss, and it's about growing strength from that what is an external loss and what we can find from within ourselves right. to keep moving and, and not turn off, but just keep moving. Right. And um, it's interesting, somebody, I was reading one of the, the various and sundry little books, and they talk about the hanged man. Mm. And, you know, if you think about what she did, mm-hmm. it is the hanged man. Yeah. It is hanging mm. and thus mm. removing yourself 
from this world. That's interesting, right? Because the hanged man is also Odin, mm-hmm. who sacrifices himself to mm-hmm. gain wisdom mm-hmm. and hangs mm-hmm. for, you know, three times three. Right. So very interesting. So we see it as a pattern. Yeah whether it's in one culture or another, one civilization or another. Um, and, again, the the concept of dying, letting go, and then reemerging, right. which is the rebirth process, but reemerging with more than what you left because it's not physical. Right. And there's this process, I'm going to use the word shaman, although I'm using that as the global idea of a shaman, mm-hmm. not necessarily the specific mm-hmm. tribe mm-hmm. of shamans mm-hmm. uh, in North Russia. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> up there. Up there. Yeah. I was waving my hand above. She is. She's her waving her hand above her head. That makes sense, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it, when you, it is talked about and written about folks who go through this transition from regular everyday Joe, mm-hmm. shaman, healer, mm-hmm. medicine person, right? Mm-hmm. They go through a death. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that is a, a literal physical death. But there is this description that I've read over and over and over from different cultures and different <laughs> traditions and systems of a dismemberment yes. of being pulled apart and then refigured, mm-hmm. pulled apart and then brought back to life by mm-hmm. some Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And here we see Inanna going through this shamanic process. Right. Again, using that word very liberally. Right. She goes through this process of of death Mm -hmm. and desiccation. Like, Mm -hmm. we talk about her as a corpse. Corpse. Rotting flesh. Yeah, that's, that that language is Mm -hmm. intentional, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And then she she comes back, but it's, again, you can't just leave. Right. Yeah, there's... There's an exchange. Yeah. There's an exchange. Sidebar, which just occurred to me, and I don't know why you've been pulling things out of different places in terms of what you vision. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out where you get the Walking Dead, the zombies. Uh, if you if you were going to look at totally off off Inanna, I know <laughs> completely off. But if you're talking about the dead, yeah, and the living dead, yeah. You know, in terms of a mythical point of reference, hmm. I'm, it's a it's a rhetorical question sure. because I don't think there's an answer here, but it sure. does present me with a question hmm. of you know, well, if you go down, you die, hmm. you come back, you do what you need to do now, your existence, but the living dead aren't really dead. Or, or if you look at it from like a zombie perspective, mm-hmm. perhaps they are dead, and it's just this—the shell. This, yeah, because right, I don't watch. I hate zombies. I can't watch zombie things, but they're basically just mindless eating machines that mm-hmm. hear a noise and go follow it. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's mm-hmm. not a whole lot of, and besides the, the basic animation of movement of the body, there's right. a whole lot else happening. Right? right. Well, because you come up with something like that as a character or as yeah. a structure, yeah. it has to have some kind of, I mean, if you're looking at what the metaphor is in our world, it doesn't necessarily mean somebody said, oh, I'm going to write this as a metaphor for that, but there is a reason why those things suddenly are popping up more or out there more, um, were there before and obviously have now been brought forward as right. a more culturally popular thing, but it has something to say. Right. Well, there's been a study, and I don't remember the correlation now. Mm-hmm. 
I'm sure I could find it on the Google webs, but there's a study that's been done about the resurgence of different um, horror tales, like Mm -hmm. zombies and vampires and witches tend to spike Mm -hmm. during certain economic things Mm -hmm. and the crises and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so there is something about this living dead, returning from the dead, right? Yeah. Because I know when we have Anana, she returns fully complete. Right. right. Yes, she is a goddess, so there is maybe different rules for them than the humans, but the point is is that there is a a trend, an energy, is that you go away, you you die, Mm -hmm. you release stuff, you come to terms with it, you come back forward, you have to balance the scales out by letting something in the present world go down there. Well, perhaps she is just queen yeah. until she goes through this process, and that's when she steps into goddesshood, like Jesus. Yes. Jesus is just a dude right. until he dies, mm-hmm. and then he steps into his god self. Right. 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 Yeah. So it was just it was one of those things that sparked a thought that threw myself off into you know <laughs> another version or another you know dimension of of thought random thought but um one of the things about Arishka Gell which we sort of I can't hear it we have a couple minutes uh is that she did have she does have a husband yeah you know i mean there is a certain amount of she does have a counterpart yeah i mean he is basically a violent god is how they put it but you know there is an interesting part of how they balance Ivrishka Gale out as well. Right. Well, she's one that. of the old gods, yes. right, where Inanna is newer. Right. Yeah. Right. So very much like, I guess, we would probably think of the Titans yes. versus, you know, the Olympian dance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's other things that were before, and we kind of, you know, they kind of slide, and they just added it as like a, two sentences in whatever they're talking about. Right. But, um, yeah. So there we are. Inanna. Inanna. Erishkegel. Hail Inanna. Yes. Queen of heaven and earth. Queen of heaven and earth. On that note, yes, we need to look at next week we'll be doing Beltane. Beltane. Yay. Uh, we'll tell more stories about plowing vulvas next week. Oh, definitely. That's what you do on Beltane. <laughs> I'm sorry. Looking at the old, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh huh. Going And then just again a friendly reminder: we will be doing another segment of our Ask a Witch um, show. So mm-hmm. if you have a question that you just have a burning desire for me and Elvira to tell you what to do about. <laughs> We love doing that. Or if you'd like to get a free reading on air, we're happy to do that, too. Just go to our website, witchpriestesscauldron.com, and there's a page where you can write in your name and your question. And that will be coming up in the next bit. In the next bit, in the next yes. little bit. Um, and then if you haven't already heard, the Hoodoo Heritage Festival ah. is on May 13th and 14th in Forestville. And it's going to be great and awesome. If you go to missionaryindependent.org, you can read all about the happenings and all of what it is and who will be there and yep. all of that. Lots of, so, lots of fun stuff. You could Good. potentially get a reading with one of us. That's true. In in real form. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to our ghost form. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but we will look forward to 
anyone that is there, seeing them, working with them. Yeah. I will be there only on Sunday, but uh, Phoenix will be there both Saturday and Sunday. That's right. Yes, you will. And, and Thursday and Friday, setting stuff up. Oh, yes. <laughs> There's all that to be said. I won't be, but she will be. Yes, yes. But then we will then see everyone on air Yep. again Yep. next week. Have a beautiful weekend. Have a great weekend. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the L.